0: They bought you an ipad yeah oh, well that's fancy of course i can't get the damn thing to flip over <laughs> oh, head. <bonehead. laughs> welcome to all right gentlemen buddy. are we ready to get started let's start how are you all i'm good i don't have the data to back that up i but feel I- like with this shot this this is a phallic thing right at my if oh you're on youtube
1: oh you're you're uh the
0: microphone yeah the robot phallus hmm so you've been okay james you been all right people I, ask been, about you sometimes i've been uh i've been okay um i have
1: uh i i have been preparing for this episode
0: oh yeah That's i did mine about an hour ago chad says he kind of did it <laughs>
1: Why is it that if I come up with the topic, you all,
0: all all Oh hold up, hold up. Fake colleges
2: and universities. I bled my heart into that episode. Thank you very much. I, I came up I came up with this topic. No, James didn't
0: no. they're different. No, is...
1: <laughs> so our topic this week I came up with what's a matter of you. Neither one of you thought of it. Our topic this week is best or worst, I guess? Fictional diseases. Yeah. Now hold on. I, I, have I came questions. up with this because I want to now. Uh, now I want to know best fictional diseases that I wish
0: Joe had. Well, I do have a question. So we did. We decide if it was movies, TV, books. Uh, it's I want TV. fictional. I want fiction. Anything I fiction. Th- you guys said? movie I thought we just wanted movies, so I was going no. back and forth no. and a few others. No fiction. Several yeah. of the movies that I picked are based on books. Same here. Well, if you well one it, of them. If you stole one of them, I'm punching you. You're not – I didn't steal it, trust me. <laughs> I love how and, the fact you started with, you're not guy. Oh, well, yeah, well, I didn't steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <no. laughs> and Jen,
2: by the way, if there's – I have one that I didn't bring up, but I'm like – by the way, if you're new to the show, one thing we should mention – Why um, are you
0: starting with this episode?
2: Yeah, well, in case we have a, a new listener come upon our show <laughs> and say, hold on, I might be interested. That's not going to happen.
0: I mean, it's possible. We're hopeful. I had after I did the thing for uh, Scarefest the other night, we had an uptick of face one more Facebook like. Now that could have been just timing. Timing, yeah, maybe,
2: maybe. But anyway, if you're not familiar with the show, we pick a topic in pop culture. We all three pit and do our do our choices. We don't discuss them with one another. Sometimes there's overlap. Sometimes there's movies that we want to talk about, but we assume the other one's going to talk about, so we don't do research. I I, I literally,
1: to to Chad's point, I just just added one. And the only reason I added it is my last possible one. I've got a list of about eight. The only reason I added it was I'm like, I'm 90% Joe Lewis. uh, Sure, Joe Lewis will bring this up. But if he doesn't, it needs at least an honorable mention. By the way, your audio is going
2: lower,
0: by the way. I'm just going to state that. Is it better now? Slightly better. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Usually you blast us out of the doors. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I'm using the same equipment. Um, I mean, there is uh they did build one of these labs over here that looks like it's out of stranger things, but so anyway So we're so talking so we're talking about uh, infectious plagues, diseases, infectious STDs. disease.
2: Because next to nuclear war, what does everybody else fear?
0: thanks. Well, that too. Being buried alive.
2: <laughs>
1: no, I'm going to go ahead and say, actually, nuclear war doesn't worry me. Heights. N- nuclear. Fighters. Nu- the nuclear. Now, now when they drop that nuclear. I met
0: somebody tonight didn't really want to get close to the fire because they didn't like fire to do this more. I dated a girl who ate it who was scared of fruit. I know this isn't true. This is completely true. You know I know this isn't true. Why, Joe? You didn't date a girl. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. Now, Joe, the person that was afraid of fire,
1: at any point they start to say "fire bad"? No, no I seriously, seriously had. I dated
0: you a know her.
2: I dated a girl who was afraid of fruit. Which one? I've honestly forgot her
0: name. <laughs> I forgot She's, her name. We just lost. Remember a it,
1: her. As she as she looks through old photos is it of. Since I've with you, <laughs> yes. Was I'm, it
0: that one
2: chick who tried to no, no you? No, no, no. No, I dated a girl mm-hmm. who was afraid of fruit and I talked about it on our Was date. it the one with the seizures? No. I've had a lot of experience mm-hmm. a very uh colorful date. Was it one with the one eye was bigger than the
0: other one? I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I'm just making that one okay. up. Or am no, I? Oddly anyway, I
2: mentioned the fact that I keep a bowl of fruit in my in my apartment, and she said she wouldn't come into my apartment unless I had that bowl of fruit removed. She just
0: didn't want to have sex with you, basically.
1: Yeah. Now, I've, you the know, oddly, the actually, the fruits a terrible excuse. You mentioned the fear of fruit. Oddly enough, my father hates uh, peaches. Peaches? But they unless were put there. They were they were put
2: there in a can by a man down at the
1: factory. So he uh, no, they're any- fuzzy. They're fuzzy. It's a texture thing. That's like no. you people in coconut, you freaks.
2: So any anyway, so should we go ahead and get started? I'd like to. James, since you're the one that cut up came up cut up. Since you, you're, you
1: Sure are a cut up.
2: Since this was your idea of an episode, you go first. Yeah, I love that way you phrase it. This
0: is your idea of an episode. <laughs> it was just, a, this is your idea for the episode. It's your idea. We don't know we don't know how episode. this one's gonna go, so I just wanna put it on James. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say as well said by Felicia. I'm uh um
1: Google he doesn't it. call me Felicia, not like he used to. <laughs> anyway, um I'm gonna go with one that actually I'm 99999 percent sure the. I call are. you
2: Mandy mainly because I want to burn you alive in a sleeping bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's obscure. Uh, it shouldn't be. That's a great film. <laughs> anyway, um I'm gonna start with one that I'm pretty sure it comes from a book, so I'm pretty sure y'all won't talk about it. <laughs> um, That's not true. Uh, if you can book. guess what it is, if you can guess what where this comes from, so this this uh, this novel starts off just giving the history of where the disease starts from. The disease starts the first time they think it's affected anybody is there's a uh, film a a television crew filming just something in Japan. And all of a sudden a group of people that are, are just in the background being filmed stop and they kill themselves. Done. Jumps forward and the disease, they start to just call it the despair and the effects of the despair is that you eventually just get more and more suicidal until you take your own life. And it spreads. I and love so' love the, the happening. The story now is way worse than the happening. Ten times, no, it's, um, and, and I'll give you why. So the story uh, jumps forward um, to where it's in this small community in Florida, and there's three people left alive. The characters' names are Norman, Jordan, and Pops. Pops is an elderly old neighbor. Jordan is the wife of Norman, And and when you first meet these characters, you know something's coming. Jordan kills herself. What's interesting about this disease is it has these odd entities that start to pop up around it. They're called the collectors. They're not human. Nobody knows what they are because you can't get close to them. But when somebody dies of this disease, eventually the collectors will just pop up and take their body. Norman snaps, won't let the collector take his body, and manages to finally kill a collector. This causes Pops and Norman to have to try to figure out what's causing the disease because they realize humanity is going to I die. No the
0: I need to watch reason the movie.
1: This, this story is, this novel stuck with me and i couldn't when i was saying fictional diseases to despair was one of the first ones that came in my head was they tell norman at one point breaks down and he tells the story because you think norman and jordan are married did they ever have children did they ever he tells the story and he never says whether if i remember correctly he never says whether or not they did have children but he tells the story about why he wouldn't have children with the despair going on because one of the side effects of the despair is for some people they start to realize that they don't want other people to get the despair and this happens at a uh, childcare facility. The lady that runs a childcare facility realizes that eventually all these children will get to despair and she's getting ready to kill herself. So she decides to take care of the children. Is it? That scene is burned into my head forever. The novel is called The Suicide Collectors. It's Thank by you. David Oppengard. Oppegard. It was his debut novel. I can't tell you another book by him. But it is one of the freakiest diseases ever, because the way he writes it and the inevitability of everything, and they're going on a quest to, quote, unquote, find it, but they don't know there's nothing to it. And it begs the question, are are they themselves just uh, starting to succumb to the despair? It is one of the scariest fictional diseases I've ever read about, because there is no hope for a cure, really. And, and this supernatural element of The Collectors, and then it begs the question, are The Collectors even real, or is it just the way The Despair is so slowly working on everyone? It is a freaky, freaky disease. If you've never read The Suicide Collectors, it'd be one I'd recommend because, God, it's a heavy book. It's a short book, but it's very heavy in its concept. There you go. All be- right, now talk about the
0: T-virus. Beat-, T- <laughs> beat the despair. <laughs> Joe, what do you got? I said, go ahead and talk about the T-Virus. <laughs> you guys ever seen that Resident Evil? No. Oh. You know what the T stands for, right? Tarantula.
1: Tyrant. It's a tyrant virus. No. I don't think you've done a thorough examination
0: of those films. sir. Is it really? I don't think it talks about it being a tyrant virus in the movies. Is it just in the video game? I don't know. I don't know either. I, don't I, don't, I, I just know better. it stands for tyrant.
1: Because there's, and see, in Codename Veronica, there's a variation called Tyrant Veronica, which is why it's called, Codename. Is Veronica codename. hot? It's a codename of a disease,
0: so yeah, you, yeah should totally, hot and you
1: should totally, you should totally try to have intercourse with that disease, Joe.
0: Okay, so the next one I'm going to do is based, is a book and has three movies made from it, actually, so I was going to late for this one, but since you started out, so literary i'm going to talk about i am legend okay is that and it depends, named? huh
1: if the disease now i know it's named in the will smith movie is it named in the original
0: it is, is named in the book so i hadn't read okay. the book the i am legend was written by richard matheson it's one of my favorite books it's that and hell house are my two favorite richard matheson books uh, it's a, it's a brilliant if you have never read it it's we've talked about it on here many times beforehand well a little bit we've touched on it and i am legend the disease is actually called Bacillus vampir- vampiris in the 54 novel now in the will smith film it's called crippin virus symptoms it's the Krypton disease crippin disease uh it's painful intolerance of uv rays it was meant to stop childhood cancer correct in the will smith movie but in the novel it um god damn emma thompson <laughs> no I, I was trying to think. Actually, I think I started to prevent measles. So, I understand why they updated that a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah, because we got something for that now. Yeah, they got something for Get that. Get vaccinated. I was going yeah, to say, Jenny McCarthy kind of killed that. I was trying to say Jenny McCarthy, and I kept wanting to say Jenna Jameson.
1: She's probably an anti-vaxxer. Hold on. Let me make a terrible oh, joke that you probably thought good. of.
0: Excuse I'm that's amazed that's
1: you didn't make this joke. Bad. No, no, Chad.
0: Or no, no, Joe jenna jameson is all about shots Ooh, to the face no no she's a mother so anyway they married and uh her instagram accounts about food and how to eat healthy and keto or keto i don't know how you pronounce it so if you've never watched it or listened to it depending on which version there is uh there's the i am legend which is original richard Matheson novel and a doctor is one of the last people on earth he thinks and he's everybody's basically turned into the into a vampire and at the end of the novel and it's from a disease right and people change and at the end of the novel he realizes he's the bad guy because everybody else is vampires he's killing vampires during the day and he's become I am legend he's the villain just because that the most of the world is vampires and he's the only human or kind of human left and that's what makes the novel brilliant in the uh, in the Vincent Price version which is called what James Last man, the last man on earth with is the most faithful adaptation. Richard Matheson honestly didn't care for it. I always find that fascinating because it is the most faithful adaptation of all three of them. He uh, is fairly close to the same, very little changes. Correct, James? Yeah. It's the most faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. There's a second version called the Omega Man with Charlton Heston that damn near doesn't have a damn thing to do with it. No, it is very seventies. But if you've never seen it, I I encourage you to check it out. Omega Man's a lot of fun. It, it, it is very. Campy. If you ever ever watch, you need to first. Yeah, I agree, with You, you need and it has a right. great character actor who James.
1: Are you talking about Charlton? <laughs> no.
0: no, the
1: guy Z-Zerby. Zerby. Oh yes, yes. Um. What I was going to say about last man he, on Earth though if you watch last man on earth, if you if you watch last man on Earth I'm still ashamed of that thing he, the last man on earth um and and watch it and think you know what would clear this situation up is if he had guns then Omega Man's your version
0: yeah basically well so for years they try to make another version and pre- and I could give you a little bit of history for for a long time see he got a pay or play deal on that he you know he's going to get his 20 million whether they made that movie or not There was dozens and dozens of filmmakers attached to that film that finally did get made. I think about Francis Lawrence. It's the same guy that directed uh, Constantine and a couple of those uh, Mockingjay movies, Kitchen, whatever. Yeah, The Hunger Games. Hunger Games, right? Francis Lawrence? Yeah, yep. It's not a terrible movie. I think the first half of that film gets it fairly accurate and updates it well. I'm fine with him changing the name of the virus, actually. Kind of sounds stupid now. And updating it from the measles. It's the second half of the movie that they drop the ball. Oh they yeah, doesn't have the second that and that. Of course, the the that CGI those CGI vampire monster things are awful, awful, just awful. I don't know. Will Smith is really good in it. Will Smith's really good in most things. Yes, I'm going to defend them. Will Smith, to Yeah, he... he's a good actor. He's a good movie star, and he's a good actor. Uh, he he's he's fantastic. He's really good in it, and and carries that movie so well it's just not i don't think the 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 third act goes off the rails the second half of that movie is just but yes that's that's my because james you started literary i'd start literary and then talk about all of those things it's been named two or three i don't remember it having a name in the omega mando either one of you all i just watched it actually last year i think it was called the gun control (laughs) Box.
1: oh Oh, charleston heston i apologize i mean you're dead Dead. you have to
2: get a ouija board to tell him go ahead all right i'm gonna go literary as well for my first pick since you all did the same
0: you're doing resident evil t-virus no (laughs) um
2: this was actually this uh the author of this novel um he had a major hit movie come out and um when i when this came out this was my introduction to him because i was like i wanted to seek out a book by him so i picked this book up and then you just fell in love with michael criden yep <laughs> the andromeda strain
0: yep there she is she's right over here
2: we'll we'll just go ahead no, and skip that no 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 talk to me about that because I, I, I all i have is stuff
1: about the movie and... i haven't
0: watched it in years i have very little about it
1: james have um, you seen the andromeda strain in a while I have. And isn't the one I mean the adjoined strain, so just the background and correct me if I'm wrong because it's I'm shaky, but it's an alien disease. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's extraterrestrial um, nature.
2: Yeah, a military satellite crashes in Piedmont, New Mexico. And uh um, doesn't
0: really exist.
2: It is uh it's carrying an alien organism. Um, the uh, alien organism basically wipes out the entire the entire town of Piedmont, New Mexico by crystallizing their blood.
0: Ooh, that sounds painful.
2: Yes. Um, with the exception of two people who actually went insane and killed themselves from suicide, there was only two survivors. Uh, one being a six-month-old and an old old alcoholic. While you're talking, I found I've just remembered one I want to add. Okay, and if you have if you have stuff about this movie, I cook. really don't. I okay. just had it down. Um, but I, um, the the two survivors was an old alcoholic and a six-month-old baby. And the reason I like this movie too and the book as well is it's not really about the virus it's about this underground facility and these people trying to find out what is causing this uh, affliction among these people and how to keep it from spreading there's a there's back and forth there's internal struggle struggles cuz again it's not about the virus it's about the struggle of mankind and their inabilities to handle
0: crises 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 or
2: crises at James okay. They can't see yes. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it all takes place in this government facility. Um, they're trying to find the uh, the, uh, the cure, and basically, what they find out is that the only reason these two people survived. Yeah, and again, this falls into this probably falls into. But Michael Crichton is a medical doctor, so he kind of took the scientific route. But it's not the most fascinating in terms of literary twist. Um, the, uh, it turns out that the reason these two survived is because their blood had been altered. The old man was such an, uh, was such a horrible alcoholic that he was drinking sterno. So his blood had become acidic.
1: What is sterno? It's, it's like, it's stuff like, that you burn to keep food warm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sterno ovens.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh. The little things they put at the bottom of those catering trays that you're constantly shoving your face into. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Joe. Now you know you can also drink the liquid and have a little yeah, bit of get a little buzz, buzz afterwards. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then the the baby, the reason
2: the baby survived because it had a high alcohol. Which this one doesn't make any sense, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm assuming Michael Crichton had something in scientific basis for it. Um, was that the, the he had high alkaline levels because he cried constantly? Yeah. Um, so they discovered that the viruses uh, can survive uh, can only survive un- uh, under a narrow blood pH level, yeah.
1: which you know isn't that isn't that kind of I mean the science fiction equivalent of of the reason some people hypothesize sickle cell anemia developed because isn't uh, what's the disease that sickle cell anemia they think um, ev- evolved to stop malaria? Oh, really? Huh. Look it up. I, th- I think that was the disease that they, that some, some evolutionists think that malaria doesn't function as well and sickle cell anemia impacted people. And so the, it could be, hypothetically. Um, I think, I, I could be misremembering my history of evolution, but I think wow. that's what some people
0: believe.
2: No, I didn't know that. But, um, you know, essentially they realize that they can kill the virus with salt water. So there's a um, the, air, <laughs> the
0: air. The air the virus breathes will eventually kill it. So we could have just went to an island, maybe in Tahiti, and waited for the damn War of the World yeah. machines to die on their own damn timeline. Exactly. I, however, demanded to be treated with saltwater taffy. Which is fine in the 50s movie. It's also fine in the book, but not fine for Tom Cruise.
1: <laughs> but the no, movie, look, they still... never
0: touched Boston.
2: But the movie uh, was directed by uh, uh, Robert Weiss and written by Nelson Gidding. Mm-hmm. Um, There has been – so there's been – the novel came out in 1969, I believe. The movie itself came out in 1971, which the poster for The Andromeda Strain is really cool. It's a doctor looking over – a guy in a full medical uh, hazmat suit looking down at a baby on an exam table. Um, But then there was a miniseries, I believe, in the early 2000s which starred Benjamin Bratt Mm. of uh, nailing Julia Roberts fame. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was also in Law and Order. Get that spit off. Sorry. There. But yeah, so I'll, uh, The Andromeda Strain. It's a good, it's a good movie and it's um highly recommend checking it out.
1: James? I'm going to go with one that nobody's going to care about and everybody's going to roll their eyes. So let's go with it. I want to talk T-Virus. about... No, nobody cares about the T-Virus. Zombies are done. They're boring. Let's move on. Frankenstein's. That's the real one. No. Um, oh God, I thought, is there a virus movie called Frankenstein's? <laughs> No, but that would be kind of cool. I'd watch it. (laughs) I got the Frankensteins. Um, I want to talk about, uh, it's it's from a not very good movie, but the movie was adapted by the author of the short story. And the one thing he added from his short story to the movie is the disease. And the disease itself is interesting. It is nicknamed the Black Shakes. The formal name is Nerve Attenuation Syndrome. And to be honest, it is the only thing that's worth mentioning and remembering from this movie. Um, the The effects of the disease is that you, you develop a tremor. And then as time goes on. And then Kevin the, Bacon shows up. The tremor gets worse. No, no, the, this, this disease is. Fred isn't, Ward? No, no. Um, so it progresses and it progresses, oh, and it progresses do- depending on how much damage it does to your nerves and your neurons and your brain. And it. Uh, so you you eventually start to develop severe headaches. Your nerves start fire, firing needlessly so that you can start to develop pain or not feel pain when you do have it. Uh, symptoms of ADD, ADHD develop, eventually signs of schizophrenia, psychosis, sleep paralysis, until eventually your nerves completely misfire and you die. Nerve attenuation syndrome, aka the black shakes, is from my favorite device to help me get through tests. Richard Calculator. No, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, William Gibson, when he wrote Johnny – I told you it's the only part about this that's interesting. When William Gibson was offered the chance to write the screenplay for Johnny Your Mnemonic – Your audio got
2: really good for about five minutes, right, when you were talking about Johnny Mnemonic, and then it went away again. That's because society
0: wants
1: me to talk about Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic.
0: No, Johnny no Mnemonic one wants you to talk about Johnny, Johnny
1: Mnemonic. Mnemonic. is 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 uh, – I enjoy so for, Johnny Mnemonic. If you know anything about it, William Gibson co-wrote the screenplay, and he he is known as being very very private, um, not J.D. Salinger level, but pretty close. He doesn't do a lot of internet stuff. It's funny because he created the term cyberpunk and yes, you know all that stuff that I'm familiar now
0: with. NeuroMancer, all
1: NeuroMancer, all that stuff, which by the way is connected to Johnny Mnemonic. If you read the trilogy, anyway. Um, but he, uh, he wanted to flesh out the world because he couldn't figure out what would be so valuable that Johnny Mnemonic in the film would be carrying. If you read the short story, he, he's carrying different stuff, but it's not so vital. The movie changes it. What he changed was he's carrying the cure for NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome, and people are dying of it by the millions. And this, pharmacy, this pharmaceutical company has figured out the cure, but they realize very quickly there's not enough money in the cure. There's more money in treating the symptoms. So they try to bury it. A couple scientists get loose. They give the information to giant mnemonic. They're killed, blah, blah, blah. That's the plot for the film. What I think is really interesting about it is William Gibson said he added it because it added some real emphasis. The The book or the short story itself, arguably, is all about this idea of carrying information in our brains that we can't access. And it's a very, like with Walter, William Gibson, it's a very interesting thought piece, uh, cyberpunk, et cetera, et cetera. But he he knew for the film it would have to be more. What's really kind of interesting about the film is his comments on it. Um, was that when he wrote it as a screenplay, the original script was at quoting him a very funny, very illiterate, illiterate I'm sorry, very funny, very alternative piece of work. He they filmed a lot of it that way. It actually showed in Japan that way, and then the studio Sony. Which, by the way, if you look at the history of this film, it's very important because Sony did their first internet broadcasting, saying the internet would be the wave of future marketing for Johnny Mnemonic. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, they looked at it and said, American audiences aren't going to like this and chopped it up. And William Gibson said, And I'm done and walked away uh, because they, at one point, were going to also do Neuromancer, which has been in development hell forever 30 but, years. But if you know anything about that, so he added nerve attenuation syndrome. I think it's a very interesting way to address it and make the movie actually make the information he's curring, uh being a courier for, relevant because otherwise there's not much of a reason to care whether or not that information survives or not. Um, but the disease itself sounds pretty terrifying that you start with just a tremor. And that's, a, that's the only thing they really show in the American cut of the movie that he has her put her hand up. Look how big my hand is. Mm. Anyway, and see how long she can hold it. And then she eventually develops a tremor and, and he says, You don't have long. Uh, and that's one of the early scenes in the movie that's fleshed out more in the director's cup, but not by much, but it's a terrifying disease. If you think about it, can you put your hand your, back um, up to the camera again? Have you been eating spam
2: right out of the can?
1: Is it because I'm sh- shiny? Yes. You know why? I'm so shiny. <laughs> See, I'll do Moana. I'll do Moana. You want to do it? You want to do it?
3: <laughs> Are what you can done? I say?
0: But Hey, you're welcome. welcome. Are you done? Waiting on you buttercup all right my next one's 1985's warning sign. No, I'm joking I want to move right along okay <laughs> you ain't gonna be you ain't gonna beat the despair and nerve attenuation syndrome no it's gonna be tough but the only other one I have well I have several but the one is also literary I, that's the reason why I did I thought we were doing just movies so I'll put it at the bottom of my list because technically it hasn't been a theatrical film, but it is based on a very popular book. I'm going to do, of course, The Stand. Stephen what's that King's The called? Stand.
1: What's the disease called? Did you called? not
0: want to do it? No, I don't care. Why are you doing this for then? Because I'm waiting for something.
1: <laughs> what's the disease called in that? I forget. Captain,
0: oh, uh, uh, Captain Trips.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, Captain Trips. I, I every once in a while I get sick at work and go what's wrong and I go I got a bad case of Captain Trips and no one ever knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but year after year I still say it if I'm really sick. Don't care. Yeah. I'm just here to entertain myself really. So would you, basically it's man-made. It gets out of the lab. In a small lab in, I don't remember, BFE, who gives a shit, Utah or someplace so that like that. So guy wasn't
2: working in a lab late one night?
0: No, no. <laughs> and it gets out and pretty much after a couple of weeks annihilates most of the world. It goes to South Texas and then goes from there yeah and it kills everybody and what we have left over are just some survivors bear bear survivors and them trying to rebuild the world that's what it's about but it's called captain trips if i need to sit here and go over all 11 to 1200 pages of the extended the stand i don't think so. which we already, well, we already the, did that in the stephen king we've episode. already done that in the stephen king episode but i wanted to bring up Captain Trips. Well yeah. what does it do? What what are the it's symptoms of Captain How how do our recent like audience flu. know? It's like a bad flu. Do you yeah. not remember? So it's of know. It's a severe case of the flu till it dri- eventually kills you. That's all it is. It's the jumped up flu. Only it, it has a mortality rate of like ninety nine point nine percent, something right. like that. Ninety nine point eight percent. That's all it is. And it's built in a government lab and it gets out. Now, how does it get out? Well that depends Stephen king kind of hints that you know it's randall flagg who's the villain of the movie lets it out but god could have also let it out that's also hinted on there because he wants people to stand right Mm -hmm. and to fight so doesn't matter Do they need to stand and it really isn't the stand isn't really so much about captain trips as it is about these survivors trying to build a new world and stand up against satan for like for that's the metaphor that's what they are good versus evil stand in the place where you live I now face I west it. now chad okay see so, how i see james do you see how concise that was well no but you weren't going to tell people what it was and then you just I, said i, hey, I, this I really wanted to feel. talk about it and because i don't feel that most of our listeners should already know that i really didn't want to i don't know if I could, but what if they up? don't no, i'm I mean, going to sit if, here and look at the wall M O O N. That spells
2: plague. So out of the out of the three I picked, I, holy he, shit! I got a creep show
3: poster.
0: M O O N. That spells idiots. <laughs> that spells. There's a RoboCop poster. Um, you know he's part machine, part man, but he's all disease. So uh, the movie. I'm just I'm, like Chad's Packer. Part, that's machine. Not part
2: machine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say it does have that pull string. This, well, <laughs> it's a chainsaw. Sir, it's not
0: your penis, that's a tampon. <laughs> <laughs> it is a chainsaw. That was the funniest thing we've done all night. Keep going. All right. So uh I normally start when I do my
2: list, I start with the worst movie on the list. Yeah. I'm going to start in the middle because I don't want to actually end with the worst movie. <laughs> This movie uh, uh, grossed a, an amazing half million dollars. <laughs> what did it cost, Muttley? Uh, it cost more than that. Um. So, yeah, a poorly prepared batch of chicken nuggets. Oh God! Containing a mutant virus. <laughs> I know exactly what is served to a group of WWE elementary WWE students. Kids. I'm talking about the movie Cooties. I heard, heard of the Cooties.
0: And why Cooties sucks? It shouldn't suck. It shouldn't. It has an absolute fan fucking tastic cast. It has. It's written by Lee Wanell. Yes. Who is a fantastic writer? I will defend him. I he he. If you don't know who he is, he wrote Saw, the first Saw. Yep. And he also wrote the Insidious movies. He mm-hmm. directed a, and the ones he directed aren't bad. Have you watched them? No. No, they're pretty good are pretty good. Those insidious sequels are pretty are hold up probably better than the Saw sequel. And probably what happened is if Leo and All now also made that wonderful film that we watched two your years. Your finger's ago. really close to my face. Well it's better than that tampon string you had earlier.
1: <laughs> <All those movies>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know he
1: calls you muttly and i don't even know what type of life 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 that is Ooh, mm-hmm. it's just one way that
0: better. is a, uh, it's our show nobody's listening fuck it i'm a tampon joke yeah <laughs> keep
2: going no no so yeah no it, i think if lee why would have directed this maybe it would have been better it's
0: not good yeah, You're it's, not, good. And I'll it's be not honest
1: good. i'm gonna be honest uh full disclosure i have not seen this film so to give don't me bother. not our fan not our fans it's solely for me I don't know if they've seen this film either. This how is, does it compare to Special Dead?
0: It's oh, better than Special, special Dead. Dead. Yeah. So okay. the first the the I think the pisser is it waste such a good cast. Yeah. The second act is
2: decent in this movie. The first act and the third act just just no. It it's Landing, it, it, yeah. yeah, nothing meshes. It has Rain Wilson in it. It has it has Elijah Wood
1: and Rain Wilson and Jack McGraw. Harvey Mudd? Harry Mudd I screwed that up. Harry yeah. Mudd. Yeah, it has Harvey Mudd in it did You say um, Harvey did? No, I said uh, uh, I said uh I meant to say Harry Mud, Rain Wilson, Harry Mud.
0: But no, so- somebody sorry, sorry, someone posted a picture on Facebook of them in Star Wars Land. Oh, oh yeah, I said I love Star Trek. <laughs> I have yet to get a response. I don't think
2: they get it. I don't think they get it either. But, no, uh, the two directors, this is pro- – they've only done two things, this and another mo- uh, another movie. Oh, then, again, is there
0: one of those director duo things? Yeah, it's uh, Jonathan
2: Mallott and Carrie Marinian, who also did Bushwick. Joe uh, Hates says Duff Betina. Brothers. I've never seen it, nor do I want to. Um, so, the virus is um, spread through uh, – so – it starts out with one girl actually eats this uh, black dotted chicken nugget. It's an infected chicken. And nugget. she gets infected. It's kind of disgusting. And she starts like, developing blisters on her face. Yeah. And uh, w- a boy comes up behind her and pulls her p- pigtail, like, sh- like boys are wont to do, supposedly. And it falls right off her head.
0: You were too busy pulling other strings. And then, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, um, the, uh, so the virus is then uh, spread <laughs> through scratches. Um turning uh, all the all, and it only affects the adolescents, it doesn't really affect adults. Um, it turns them into feral cannibals
1: who are So it's a reverse to- only disease. Yes. Yeah. So it's of in- fans just got that and I am now their god. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it turns them into feral cannibals who are covered in blisters and other skin lesions. It's probably the closest thing I'm going to have to a zombie flick because it is revealed through an autopsy that all the children are brain dead as a result of this virus, that they are just moving along with no actual intelligence
0: whatsoever. What it is, James, is they got the T virus. (laughs) Resident Evil is amazing. Okay. Yeah. So that's my
2: terrible movie pick in terms of uh, infectious diseases. You've brought up
0: worse movies. I have. And I'm proud of them. By far. I'm worse. proud of them though. That that one's just uh that's just a a misfire. It's lost potential. It's a it is. lot of lost potential. I wonder how Lee Wonell feels about it. Because he did upgrade and upgrade's amazing. Upgrade is amazing.
2: Sorry. So yeah, so that's my second pick. Cooties.
1: I, I'm going to I'm gonna talk bet. about that bitch. Okay, I'm gonna actually pick a movie that I've talked about before, and so I'm not. I'm going to actually talk about how it ended up being. Am I boring you, Joe? No, I'm sorry.
0: I had a long day where I just sit around and looked at pictures of fires. Huh? That's pyromania, and somebody needs. And I'm Def leopard so you keep going. <laughs> He's a fire. There's, a, there's one '80s rocker lady out there that went woo, threw up devil horns. Um. Anyway. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because it,
1: it, the movie is driven by a disease, but much like The Stand, it's not really about the disease. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about why he chose, why the director and writer chose to do the movie and use the disease as a catalyst. And it's because he lived near the ruins of Hadrian's Wall, which is Roman fortifications that is between uh, England to defend them against Scotland's tribe. That's the actual history of Hadrian's Wall. However, he actually fantasized about why would we, why would anybody in modern times rebuild something like that? Oh, oh you son of a bitch. Ball. And what he ended Fuck up you, James. doing was – Fuck he, you, James. He had an idea. Let me
0: send this home for the third time. Fuck you, James. That's what your mother says.
1: Uh, anyway. No, my mom uh, just said, ooh. Oh, oh. I don't know if she said it to me, though. There were a lot of guys there.
0: Well, there was a um, lot of people. Your mother's a seal? Makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and
0: <laughs> you guys are doing it wrong. you got to cross your eyes and do this
3: <laughs> that is
0: that is offensive to the visually impaired sir. So. Well, the people who are listening didn't get the joke um
1: <laughs> but anyway he he pictured what would what would it cause that, and he finally decided that he would write a story about it mm-hmm. and um would you just tell it he he pictured and so he pictured futuristic soldiers on one side and a man on horseback on the other. I'm talking about the Reaper virus, a modern day version of the bubonic plague in Neil Marshall's Doomsday. All right. Doomsday
2: is. I my... am shocked. Go ahead. are you not shocked? Were you shocked? Because I thought James would have picked something else for
1: his third yeah, pick. I, know. I couldn't. I. I, I, I why love is Doomsday. he still in I don't it's know. It's probably, it's my favorite Neil Marshall movie. No. All... It's yeah. not his best film. I I don't care if it's his best film. Dog I didn't say soldiers? Are you gonna film. say dog
0: soldiers? Dogs? So, no, actually, the descent, but it's followed by dog soldiers. Okay. The, I I love Doomsday. I, it's because of the cast. It's because it's over the top. It's because it's silly, and it's just fun to watch. I, you know, I don't know that it's over. Oh, it, it is over the top, but I don't think I'd call it silly. I would say I would tell you, it is. Oh, the 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 opening is,
1: narration by Malcolm McDowell sells it for me. That's literally as soon as I hear that narration, a, I'm in.
0: It is a love letter to other filmmakers. And I think that's one. I'm not reasons- going to say he's stealing because he's not stealing. No, it's a and lot I'm of I'm a immagric. big Neil Marshall fan. It's a lot of them. You know, the descent, I like the descent,
1: but it doesn't have the effect on me it has on some people. I think because I'm not claustrophobic.
0: I, I am claustrophobic. claustrophobic, claustrophobic and and couple, as am I. Even if you take the claustrophobia out of the descent, what he did with those women and those relationships, specifically if you watch the original British ending is, is haunting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's, I think it's his best directed film, but now, well, we're going to save this conversation for our cave movie episode. Well, we (laughs) we did just do one on disease (laughs) (laughs) and we're only, if this is 104, maybe 103. I I can't even name three cave movies. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
0: I can. The cave. The (laughs) cave. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Ega. Oh, you learn. would
1: pick up a sequel. Ega, uh, sir. That's a cave movie. Actually, Caves The Descent the 2 is not a
0: terrible movie. It's just nowhere near as good as the original. Should we be concerned that he considers Ega a cave movie? I've never actually seen Wait, it. Where does,
1: it take pla- where does about a third of that movie take place? Uh, yeah, in your mom's
0: backyard, which is a cave, <laughs> talking about her vagina. <laughs> Why do I in call it her backyard. backyard and not her front yard? Well, turns out. I thought it was regular sex, and it wasn't. And that's all anyway, I'm say. Uh,
1: the 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 thing about the Reaper Violet Rose is it is an update of the bubonic plague, but it was also meant to show shades of gray of what of how England would respond to things and how they would just cast people
0: out. That movie has a great cast. I think uh, Rona Mitra, right? Mm-hmm. That's the. I think she's one of those people that just missed the boat yeah. on the right starring role to you become be, you, are you, you believe, implying, she, she believe she was in the best underworld movie i believe she is in the best underworld movie that are you, third one is the best underworld film are you implying that, the one talking yeah about. i've never
2: seen it but you told me
0: that you i it's think it's no it's by far it's the one that's directed by patrick top Topolopoli. i can't say oh name. is that the one that said historically yeah the historical that's the, the best one, one. is the third one james do you agree with me yeah that's the best one.
1: I'm just upset that you're talking about Rona Mitra and not talking about her tour de force co-starring role in Christopher Lambert's Beowulf.
0: I've never seen it.
1: I enjoy I got, it. I've got the poster. It's, I it's, if you ever wanted a weirdly kind, trying to be cyberpunk but not really, it's Plus, okay.
0: she's just smoking hot. Mm. I'm yeah, just, well, you need kind to a, She's my type. <laughs> You need
1: to watch Beowulf then because the director, literally there's entire shots where Christopher Lambert is in the foreground, but he's not in focus. It's her walking away.
0: I have watched several scenes of her in one of my favorite director's movies, Hollow Man. (laughs) Oh yeah, that. There's a good shot of her in that. So, but anyway, right. I shouldn't be saying I'm being very sexist, but she is a very beautiful woman. She is kind of my type. And I actually think she just missed the boat on a couple of getting you know, Doomsday is a love letter to a cinema that had been gone for 30 years. Right. Yeah, I mean, John and Carpenter I'm not, really – Yeah, John's and, the easy and, one because the whole opening act was really – even the way it's staged it looks straight out of Escape from New York. Yeah. But there's also a lot of Romero. Uh, Romero. There's a lot of George – There is a little whatever. bit of Romero in there. There is a little bit of Romero, but what it is is George ah, – shit, I can't think of Mad Max's director. George Miller. There's a lot of George Miller in there. Right? Some John Carpenter, yeah. John Carpenter, George Miller. It's a love letter to several different directors. I enjoy it. As I recall, we were the only people who went to the cinemas and saw it in mm-hmm. America. Yeah. That sounded about right. Yeah. We also went to the theaters and saw it in America. <laughs> I, I think that's one. Knowledge I, bomb. I, I can't believe we had, didn't bring that up on our Hidden Gems. Because I think but we've talked of, about it a lot. I think those. but,
1: but I, again, when I was thinking about the diseases, like honestly, deep rising. by the way, we could do Hidden Gems Part
0: Three. I know people are dying for it. We did have we need you know to what people are dying from Indian these plagues? plagues? It was, I think so. I don't remember that. Okay, I mean, you could be right. I'm I just pretty have sure no I recollection of that. Yeah, I once again doing this show has proved to me that I should never sit on a panel. And say so, Mr. Shatner, in episode thirty-five, because he don't know, yeah. he don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he I... know? could you yeah. could you ever inter- be interviewed about this show and talk about episode thirty-six? Probably. Fuck you. <laughs> I, couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I'll be That's honest. Give me the title of it. I can't go by numbers. I can't remember that. Yeah. No way in hell. Mm. I can't. I can't. Nope. Nope. So, anyway, so doomsday doomsday good movie. reaper disease reaper virus yeah that's also a movie that has very little to do with the virus no nope. no it doesn't but i i do think the i think the reason also that works the third on act me, on that one's a little shaky As well, much as but I, I like that movie that third act's a little shaky i think the other reason
1: re, uh, doomsday works on me though is because of the virus because i'm not claustrophobic but i am a germaphobe not an extreme one but i mean mm-hmm. i i do like that's what we were thinking about. And that's why I said this kind of to me, leads into the idea of Halloween because I'm not afraid of monsters. Because if they do exist, they're going to rip my head off and there's nothing I can do about it. But the slow demise from disease creeps me out. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like to shake hands with people. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. He right. doesn't like the tip of his nose licked. No, no, Chad. I've, we've talked about that several times. Matter of fact, uh,
0: my attorney has sent a seventh letter. If you could just read it. Nope. There's a couple I want to talk about that I don't think technically work. One of them would be Return of the Living Dead. I wanted to do trioxin, but actually that's just a thing that turns people into zombies. Yeah, that's not a virus, It's a chemical, right? It's a chemical. But you know what I mean? My knee-jerk reaction was to put it on there, and then I I was like, ah, shit, it doesn't really work. By the way, uh, check out our movie. What's our movie called, James? What movie? The one we did with Joe Ellswick and John. Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, Murder Virgin. Murder Virgin, that's right. There's that's a, a trioxin joke in that movie. With
1: the, which is now our fifth most viewed thing on the Bonehead YouTube so channel. Check it out. It.
0: There's a couple of other th- that I'm having a hard time with. And I really wanted to talk about Rabbit, but I think I'm going to talk about, tw- and, and one, I, I figured James would go with the one I, I really wanted to do. Well, it's go, the, do Rabid. the one you really wanted to do. I've got more left. Because so I, it doesn't really have a name. It's kind of bullshit. And once again, it's basically the back. It's not about that. It's more about the Satanist, the Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, I was going to do that, but I,
1: I agree. I think that Mask of the Red Death, I think, that, I think the way that disease is described in, in Poe's story is creepy.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact
1: that you slowly just begin to bleed from your face, and that's the mask of the red death, is your blood coming through your own skin. And... Right. So oh, it was yeah, directed I mean...
0: by Roger Corman. Uh, Prince Prospero, played by Vincent Price, is a Satanist. I always like him when Vincent's a Satanist. He visits, <laughs> that's
3: a, that's the supposed village. to
0: when he's a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. He visits the village over Old Dominion, and he's, or, which he holds Dominion, is angrily is confronted by two poor and starving villagers, Gino and Lodovico. Lodovico? Did I say that correct? Prospero sentences the pair to death, but Lodovico's daughter, Francesca, begs for their lives. Prospero discovers that the old woman who encountered the red figure is infected with a deadly plague, the Red Death. He orders the village burned down to prevent the spread of the disease. These these nuts! (laughs) (laughs) That's Francesca, and then sends his own invitation to his castle. And then basically, he has a huge party. At the end, the third act, and he really wants to just have sex with Francesca. There's a lot of overtures of this, and he wants to, she's a good Christian girl, and he serves Satan. And he has all these Satan worshippers in his house. It's actually one of the most colorful, it is probably the most colorful Poe film that Corman did, Yeah, James. Yeah, and if, if you and, look at the, uh, the the ending alone. The, yeah, It's yeah. one of my, actually, it Sometimes I have a soft spot for the fall of the ha- for House of Usher, not just because I have a poster of it, but it, it was probably the first one I saw. I didn't see Mask of the Red Death till I was probably a little older in my later teens, and when I had to hunt it out, right, because <clears> it wasn't <throat> just something they would, they would show in school,
2: right? House, even though House they sh- sh- hunt out, yeah. show House
0: of Usher, I think I think I probably saw that in school.
2: I saw the Pit and the Pendulum in school. Yeah. Which is why another reason why that's my fondest one, but that's quickly followed by the Mask of Red Death.
0: I think that might be Scorsese's. The Pit and the Pendulum? It's either the Pit and the Pendulum or well, the Pit in one- the Pendulum has, has that uh, great the one where he's got the glasses, James. Those rectangle glasses and the ladies uh, been buried. What's the name of that one? Oh, are you talking about? Is it the the premature burial? Or is
1: or the? No, uh,
0: it doesn't matter. Anyway, Mask of the Red Death is is sometimes I bu- I bounce I bounce, but I just love it visually, and and there's something about Vincent Price walking around because he very rarely plays a villain. I know he plays a villain, but he doesn't play a play a villain. You guys know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he plays men besieged, besieged by, by their faith. I do not feel that prospero was besieged by his fate that guy is a straight Straight. up villain asshole yeah satan wants to rape that poor girl he's kind of torturing her yeah well and he tortures christians i mean Uh he tortures christians that he burns people alive and only reason and it's basically the horseman of the apocalypse at the end of it too check it out if you've never seen the red death
1: if you've never read the original story, it's very, it's Corman, Corman took a, a short story and had to make it into a film. So obviously- I'm, Well,
0: and most of like, those are written by Richard Matheson, which will be the second time we've talked about Richard Matheson. But, the episode. By the way, this is- and be the 46,000th time that I've brought him up on Bonehead in the last hundred and some episodes. This is useless trivia because I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. Do you know the spelling of Mask of the Red Death being M-A-S-Q-U-E is
1: not original to Poe? What is it? He spelled it mask as in, as in M-A-S-K. It was originally published as the mask of the red death of fantasy. Mm-hmm. I, evidently one of his edi- editors went back after it was originally published and changed it to the Q-U-E spelling to make it I guess, fancier. I, I did know. not know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Useless trivia. That being said, the thing about if you read the story, the story takes place in seven rooms, each decorated in a color. And, and we see that in the film. Being yeah. Seven figures. And he keeps going through the rooms. Um, but if you read the film or read the short story, the way the rooms are described, it would actually be almost impossible, if not completely impossible, to reconstruct them as described. So mm-hmm. a lot of people have, have been analyzed, is, you know, is it a dream state? Is it a nightmare escape? Is it whatever? So it's, it's just an interesting short story. But at the end of the short story, when pa- Prospero, because he sees he, he has strict control over who can come into the party. Because it's not just his party; it's ran by other noblemen who are escaping the death. And he sees a figure dressed in the costume ball as the Red Death. He goes to confront it, and when he confronts it, he dies. But there's nothing in the costume.
0: Yeah.
2: All
1: right. All right. So last. So this is
2: going to fall into the hidden gem category. So again, the movie. Booties!
1: There is no plague in garbage pail, kids. Chat. <laughs>
2: um. So the movie um again the virus takes the back seat but there's a vi- there's a virus wiping out all mankind and animals uh, they cannot find a pla- uh, they cannot find a way to stop it but they know they they know of a way to neutralize it so they hire this man who is an expert tracker to find patient zero patient zero is bigfoot the man who killed hitler And then Bigfoot. I haven't got to watch it yet. It is amazing. I love it. It is. uh, It came out this year, I believe. Uh, We may be talking about it again in a future episode. (laughs) But uh, Sam Elliott hits it home. When
0: we do those year-end review shows, there are huge numbers. I know those. Those are the ones the viewers want. I'm being sarcastic. You guys never tune in for that shit for some reason. Or if you do, you never comment to say, hey,
1: you missed this, idiots, which is what we want. Just validation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, But it was written and directed by uh, Robert Krakowski, who is a relatively new uh, in in cinema. He hasn't done uh, a lot other than this. Um, But, yeah, all uh, the U.S. and Canadian government know uh, they they track down Sam Elliott because Sam Elliott – is an expert tracker and hunter, and they know about his his history of he secretly killed Hitler, um, and also he
0: uh, is. Now, a, I thought that woman did that in that movie theater. <laughs> Technically, they Eli Roth did that before the woman burned that movie theater down. Well, that's true. Technically, that's true. You're right. You're right. And when you're right, you're, you're right. right. And you, you're always right. So we find her. Then what?
2: Sorry. But uh, but no, Sam Elliott. Uh, he has a he is a um, saver. No, he's actually one of the few that's actually immune to the Bigfoot virus. Uh, the, the there's nothing special about the virus other than it it basically comes across like a flu and then the people die. It's it's a very fast paced virus. Um, one of the cool things is uh, Sam Elliott's interactions with his brother, played by the other the also amazing Larry Miller. Yeah, Larry Miller's in that. <laughs> yes, he plays he plays Sam Elliott's brother. If you
0: <laughs> you mentioned that, yeah, but if you look at the two, obviously not brothers. Larry Miller's a handsome man. That Sam Elliott could work on some of his facial hair. But
2: Sam Elliott's obvious is this tortured man who who has a who has a, a lot of pain in his past, and it's basically dealing with him and his conflicts, his personal conflicts, and him just struggling to move forward mm-hmm. even later in years and it it flashes uh it it jumps back and forth between him hunting for bigfoot back to him being in nazi germany um and then the present time it is a
0: really good watch the Irishman's pretty much the sequel to this
2: uh, have you watched it yet no, it's not out yet is it no it's not um
0: but no uh, and it is if you're on one of those hollywood elites on the west or east coast the only thing that's uh the only is pretty good and you could tell that they sure, – but you could tell that this was a low-budget movie. No, there's nothing elite
1: in Alabama. <laughs> hey, Alabamian fans, I didn't say
2: that. The <laughs> only thing I'll say about – the only thing that's that I can criticize this movie for is obviously they had a low-budget, so Bigfoot, mm-hmm. not that impressive. <laughs> um, it's
0: a good movie. I highly recommend it. All right. So, who are your notable mentions? I have one honorable mention that I assumed was going to come out of your mouth pretty early on, and I'm
1: kind of shocked. I
2: have an honorable mention that I assume was going to come out of your mouth first. I have several
0: honorable mentions. All right. Well, I'm going to throw that evil, that T virus. I'm going to throw one out, Joe. What? What is your only regret? I have a really bad joke. Yeah. Do you think somebody will get angry if I do it? Probably. Your
1: only regret, sir, should be not curing your bone itis. Oh, my bonitis. My <laughs> Bone Bonitis is a disease that's in one episode of Futurama. Futurama. A I, guy from the 20th century is unfrozen and becomes that guy.
0: I had a really successful.
1: Good, bad joke. He's insanely successful. But eventually he forgets to treat his bonitis, which by the time Futurama is said, has been cured. But he's so successful, he gets too busy and re- regrets or forgets to cure his bonitis, leading him to die. Whereupon his last words were, My only regret is
0: not curing my bonitis. bonitis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I thought you'd bring up bonitis. As I didn't even think
0: about can it. Can I, can I talk about the one that
2: I thought he would bring up? What's go the ahead. worst the the, the the worst virus ever in cinematic
0: history? T virus. No. Resident Evil. The human voice. Oh, Pontypool. No. pool. Oh, Pontypool. Pontypool. That's I can't. I forgot about that. I didn't when write it, it up because it. I
2: honestly thought you or him was going to do it. I forgot. No, I that would have been great, Chad. Way to drop
0: the yeah. You should have done them. <laughs> that. Pontypool needs to go on episode three of that Hidden Gems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Pontypool a lot. pool and, and the way that they have to. Cure
1: the virus because it's a virus that affects the brain, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and only have- certain
2: words in English language that will trigger it. Yep. yeah, that that carry the virus. Yep. and it, and it's there are, and it's not like it's and not Stephen like McHattie, I think. Yes, Stephen great McHattie, character actor. But yeah, I mean, and with the virus itself, it's not like the flu or uh, the zombie plague. It literally it it causes people to completely shut down and like one lady, what she chews her lip off. Yeah, because she hears she hears the word. Another one bashes her own head in. Yeah. So, uh, Pawnee Pool. I can't believe neither
0: one of you brought that up. Well, there's several I wanted to bring up. I, so I don't can't believe no one else brought up Twenty Eight Days Later. I I thought about it.
1: Um, I have I have mixed feelings sometimes about Twenty Eight Days Later. I really uh, like it. I I like it. The sequel. I like it. I think it's a great movie. I think some of the reasons I have some misgivings about it is. Um, uh,
0: it's Danny Boyle, right? Yeah, Danny Boyle. Yes, Danny Boyle.
1: Some, some of his commentary after he made the film about how he didn't consider it a zombie film. and I'm Yeah, off.
0: and I, I I get that, James, and it pisses me off. Well, not really. I don't really get angry, but I, I think he's just being highbrow about it. Yeah. And then Greg Nicotero defends him on a more than one occasion in an interview going, well, he's right. That's a rage virus. You're technically not zombies. I'm like, fuck you, they're zombies. Fuck you yeah and, and it's fun. they can who be... gives a shit yeah how does even it. an argument who cares it's just yeah. because he has an oscar now fuck you fuck danny boyle he's a talented guy so that's i
1: literally that's one of my misgivings because i love the film um oh brendan gleason his the brendan, his
0: part in that 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 scene brendan gleason is a fantastic oh. actor and if you're still not watching it check out mr mercedes it's on season three right now he's just he's he's he just brings that show together and holds it together for me to keep watching it. Um, and if you still haven't checked it out, check out In Bruges. Oh,
1: In Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, the only plague that's in In Bruges is that not more people have seen it.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's it's a great, great. And that
0: guy. That's Martin McDonald. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a fantastic. I, I would eat shit to say that guy's riding <laughs> just to be able to talk his dialogue. Yep. Uh cabin fever is one you all didn't mention. I know I'm not it. a huge, just movie. not a fan of it. You've never seen it, but how do you know you're not a fan of it? Because I, I mean, just that extra gore, just, body horror. Oh no, horror. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that way at all. It is a gory movie, but I like Cabin Fever. Well, I did 15 years ago, and it has another one of my crushes in it, Serena Vincent. Are you seeing a pattern here for crushes for Joe Lewis? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of one of the male actors in it, but I couldn't.
0: Bright or strong? There you go. Mm. There's a couple on here that I wrote down, and I was kind of curious to get your all's opinion. I don't think Outbreak's a very good movie. No. The Disease is the Motaba. Um, there, there's one particular movie that almost made my list. There was two. The Crazies, either version. Yeah. Yeah. I actually... Yeah like the remake, maybe slightly better than Romero's. They just had so much more. They had they more budget. They just so yeah, more, yeah. much more. And it comes at night. Problem is, is that's another movie where you just know shit about the virus, and it's all about four or five people in a room right. in a cabin yeah. there. It's a movie that I suggest people watch. It was sold as a horror film. It is, to me, not a horror film. It does have some unsettling parts, and there I guess there could be some terrifying. It's just not a horror film. Whereas Midsommar, I think, is a horror film. Um, anyway, that is neither here nor there. That's all I got. What about you guys? I mean, and the other one was be Rabid, but I, Rabid was. I, I didn't know if one of you all would do it. I didn't think you would. And it's not one of my favorite Cronenberg films, although I love scenes in it. Chad, do you have any? Um, just a few
2: honorable mentions. Leviathan, I think, is a is a virus movie. It, it can be considered a, a, a. It's a
0: virus, and it's a creature feature.
2: Right. Um. There's a, Oh, geez, I blanked. This is what happens when I don't write them down. Uh, I mentioned Pony Pool, Leviathan. You know, I'll go with those two. Really
0: quick, Contagion. Contagion's not is a good movie. Yeah, Contagion. That's the one directed by what's his face, Steve right? Soderbergh. Steve Soderbergh. That's a good movie. Whereas Outbreak, I don't think is a very good movie. Contagion actually had one of the best, uh, the, it had tons of. Contagion is probably one of the most realistic movies about well, what I was saying. Contagion
1: happened. has that one of their marketing ploys, uh, I'll never forget it, was, and it, they actually use medical data about how often, it's something like once every, or at least once every six minutes, we touch our own face. Yeah. And I, I, the, as somebody that's a little bit of a germaphobe, that worked on me because I actually thought, how many times do I touch my face after I touch something? No,
0: I, I, Contagion is probably the most of this is what could happen. This would be what might happen. This is how the government might handle it. I, it's probably the closest to being a realistic de- depiction of that. Yeah. I, really, the Contagion movie, really quick before we start wrapping it up. And James, I know you may have, I just want to say this. because i wanted to find older films Mm -hmm. there aren't it's not like mgm in the 30s was putting out the wizard of oz and this death movie right no 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 do or corman films the andromeda strain a few others there's not a ton of stuff it's a it's a fairly recent thing in the last 60 70 years and i'm sure it all comes from our fear of the of blowing ourselves up nuclear
1: war what do you think well and also i mean the idea of weaponizing diseases yeah i don't think that was World war one there were conversations about that there was really real big fear of what if they weaponized smallpox polio
0: it's a 20th century idea there's there's a couple examples before
1: then um mary shelley after she wrote frankenstein wrote a story but again the plague's not really explored but it's about a disease outbreak that wipes out most of the world but a nobody remembers that book and b it's it it was so at the time considered far-fetched that such a thing could happen now we believe it a little bit more because i think more you're
0: absolutely men. right it's the it's the it's the weaponization and the creation of the disease where i think it was accepted and as part of oh well the black death just happened as part of and nature. it was far right? away
1: yeah it was so far away like it was oh well that couldn't happen now because we have medicine
0: and even if it affects you, it's part of nature. Death was in the house. Death isn't in the house anymore. We could, I, this, I think we could spend a lot more time just talking about the psychological yeah. aspects of why this actually exists in the last 40 or 50 years. Yeah. Specifically why it exists more in the last 30 years and probably also speaks a lot to zombies. Uh,
1: you know, uh, and I've got a couple honorable mentions and one that I wanted to bring up is there's a couple times when plagues and illness drive the storyline. Yeah. And one that I don't think a lot of people pick up on that I love, I'm a big fan of Blade Runner. Yeah. And JF Sebastian has an illness in that movie. And they call it Methuselah syndrome. He has something that is causing him to age too rapidly. Uh-huh. And I love that character in Blade Runner. Uh you know the actor that plays him?
0: Uh yes, but I can't think of his name. I can't either. That's why I was hoping you would be good. I mean, oh, um uh it's it's not e earl it's the uh, this is my brother daryl it's e something though
2: yeah
0: but anyway he he jf sebastian uh while chad checks it out jf sebastian
1: is has this disease and he's aging rapidly and i think it's so fascinating that he's the one i mean eventually spoiler if you've never seen blade runner you should uh roy batty eventually kills him but he kills him off screen he kills a lot more (coughs) people on screen and I think that's interesting because J.F. Sebastian in and of himself it might as well be a replica. He wants more time than he has. And he has a disease that's making him like they are. Yeah, And he becomes more sympathetic. William Sanderson. He becomes more sympathetic to press and to Roy because they realize he is like them. So I think that's an example of a disease. That, and he's even, I mean, a secondary, if not tertiary character in the great Blade runner scheme mm-hmm. of things. But I think that's a way an interesting way to play out a disease in film. Two other ones that I have to mention because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um there's one episode of Star Trek that deals with what happened if we got exposed to a disease that starts to unwind our evolution, that starts to put us backwards. And in the episode it's actually because they don't do proper medical screening and they give a crew member a a, a immunization for an illness that he's been exposed to but they don't check, and he's been, he's been given another immunization, and it starts what they call the uh, the protomorphosis syndrome. The reason I love this episode is the character they give it to is Barclay, and if you're a fan of Star Trek, Barclay is played by um, the guy from 18. Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you, Chad. And, I couldn't pull it out of my ass either. Dwight and, Schultz is another character actor that doesn't get enough credit. And I love Barclay as a character. Because I do too.
1: I think Star Trek you look at the original series and you look at the next generation until they introduce characters like Barclay and Barclay is what I would be in space. He's paranoid. He's out of it half the time, not out of, you know, he's not drugged out or anything, but he's just, he's, he's neurotic. He's and the fact that he's the one that gets exposed to this and causes all that. And at the end of the episode, They say, well, technically, usually the first person that's diagnosed with something, it's named after them. And he's actually excited because that's, oh, he'll be remembered. Uh, So Barclay's protomorphosis syndrome is what they name. What's your next one? Uh, My next one actually is, and it's from, sorry for huge fans of Voyager, but it's from my least favorite Star Trek show. But I think the phage is a fascinating Star Uh, Trek disease. Yeah because if you're if you've never seen Star Trek uh and if you like horror stuff the phage is probably the most horror related element in any Star Trek show. Uh maybe the Borg because the Borg are zombies to me. They take away your personality. Um but the phage basically you you start to dec- decay and the only way you can survive is if you basically steal organs from other people. And and the, so basically this entire um species of mm-hmm. idiots start having to attack other species just to steal their organs so i think it's a unique twist on a 24th century you know um, yeah. body stealing horror um and so I, I as as a star trek fan i had to throw out the phage and barclays disease. there you go star all trek right guys time. so the the two that I, and i'm gonna butcher one and our
0: number one is the t virus from resident evil um this is technically it follows Oh yeah, that's a Pause good one. Another good one. And then, um, but that also doesn't have a name. You don't kind of understand it. Is that really a disease, or is it demonic? It's a yeah. demonic STD. Something uh, like yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to.
2: And then of course, and then of course, there's the I, I'm gonna. I don't remember the, the 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 exact the exact disease name, but the one uh, from uh, Game of Thrones where the guy's skin slowly turns grayscale. Grayscale. The,
1: grayscale. the grayscale. Yeah. The grayscale. There you go. Yep. Those those are the two that I couldn't come up with that were on my list. And if you like it in the show, read it in the books. It's horrifying.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much. We will be having some guests coming up. I know we've been short on guests for a while. Technically that's, all three of our faults on our schedules, really. It's not really yeah, our guest's fault. When
1: it rains, it pours. We've got a lot that are trying to come on, and we're just trying to figure out the logistics. Trying to there. schedule
0: it. We we're going to have uh, Melissa Shea on in a few weeks. We've got a couple other folks lined up as well. She, Melissa Shea won our, uh, our raffle to be one of our guest speakers. Or, for,
1: alternatively, if she paid us,
0: she lost. Yeah, either way. Either way, she lost. So, thank you all so much. Tune in and share us on social media, Bonehead Weekly.
1: Intercourse me? Oh, huh? I can't tell. Oh, what are you going to Louisville for? Oh, the uh, the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is recording. This is recording. Y'all, y'all, y'all know this is recording, right? And now people are like, "What? What? What is Nikata? That is the National. No, no, it's the National Association of Career Directory. No, career. Oh crap. Chad, can't you think of something to make Joe sound terrible? Oh, it's the National Association of Cadaver Assault. <laughs> Welcome to a bone. I'm good. I don't have the data to back that up, but I also... Oh. Oh, you're you're uh the robot phallus. I I've been I've been uh, I've been okay. Um I have uh I I have been preparing for this episode. That's been good. Why is it that if I come up with a topic, you all all not have to do it? No. No, this is... So our topic this week... Our, our topic this week is best or worst i guess fictional diseases and i i came up with this because i want to now I, now i want to know best fictional diseases that i wish joe had i want fictional i want fiction anything with fiction no 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 fiction I, I,
3: <laughs> oh!
1: I I, I literally, to to Chad's point, I just, to to Chad's point, I just added one. And the only reason I added it is my last possible one. I've got a list of about eight. The only reason I added it was I'm like, I'm 90% Joe Lewis. uh, Sure, Joe Lewis will bring this up. But if he doesn't, it needs at least an honorable mention. Is it better now? I don't know, I'm using the same equipment. Um, I mean, there is, uh, they did build one of these labs over here that looks like it's out of Stranger Things, but whatever. Now I'm gonna go ahead and say actually, nuclear war doesn't worry me half as much. Because nuclear, nuclear, now when they they drop the nuclears. Now Joe, the person that was afraid of fire, at any point they start to say fire bad. <laughs> She's we just lost a subscriber as she as she looks through old photos of chat. You know oddly enough now I've, you know oddly enough you mentioned you mentioned the fear of fruit oddly enough my father hates uh, peaches and those are peeled down at the factory uh no they're fuzzy they're fuzzy it's a textured thing That's like you people in coconut, you freaks. (laughs) 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 I'm going to start with actually i'm uh um he doesn't call me felicia not like he used to anyway um i'm gonna go with one that actually i'm 99.999 percent sure that you all have never heard of. <laughs> oh, it shouldn't be that's a great film anyway um i'm gonna start with one that i'm pretty sure it comes from a book so i'm pretty sure y'all won't talk about it um uh, if you can guess what this, if you can guess what where this comes from, so this this uh, this novel starts off just giving the history of where the disease starts from. The disease starts the first time they think it's affected anybody is there's a uh, film a a television crew filming just something in Japan, and all of a sudden a group of people that are are just in the background being filmed stop, and they kill themselves. Done. Jumps forward, and the disease they start to just call it the despair. And the effects of the despair is that you eventually just get more and more suicidal until you take your own life and it spreads. And so, this the story now it's way worse than that. No, it's um, and, and I'll give you why. So, the story uh jumps forward, um, to where it's in the small community in Florida and there's three people left alive. The characters' names are Norman, Jordan, and Pops. Pops is an elderly old neighbor, Jordan is the wife of Norman, and and when you first meet these characters, you know something's coming, Jordan kills herself. What's interesting about this disease is it has these odd entities that start to pop up around it. They're called the Collectors. They're not human nobody knows what they are because you can't get close to them, but when somebody dies of this disease, eventually the collectors will just pop up and take their body. Norman snaps, won't let the collector take his body, and manages to finally kill a collector. This causes Pops and Norman to have to try to figure out what's causing the disease because they realize humanity's going to die out. The reason this, this story is, this novel, stuck with me and i couldn't when i was saying fictional diseases to despair was one of the first ones that came into my head was they tell norman at one point breaks down and he tells the story because you think norman and jordan are married did they ever have children did they ever he tells the story and he never says whether if i remember correctly he never says whether or not they did have children but he tells the story about why he wouldn't have children with the despair going on because one of the side effects of the despair is for some people they start to realize that they don't want other people to get the despair and this happens at a uh, childcare facility. The lady that runs the childcare facility realizes that eventually all these children will get to despair, and she's getting ready to kill herself, so she decides to take care of the children. That scene is burned into my head forever. The novel is called The Suicide Collectors. It's by David Oppegard. It was his debut novel. I can't tell you another book by him, but it is one of the freakiest diseases ever because the way he writes it and the inevitability of everything. And they're going on a quest to quote unquote, find it, but they don't know there's nothing to it. And it begs the question, are are they themselves just uh, starting to succumb to the despair? It is one of the scariest fictional diseases I've ever read about because there is no hope for a cure really. And, and this supernatural element of the collectors, and then it begs the question, are the collectors even real, or is it just the way the despair is so slowly working on everyone? It is a freaky, freaky disease. If you've never read The Suicide Collectors, it'd be one I'd recommend, because, God, it's a heavy book. It's a short book, but it's very heavy in its concept. There you go. Beat, 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 beat the despair. You know what the T stands for, right? Tyrant. It's a tyrant virus. I don't think you've done a thorough examination of those films, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't I just know it stands for tyrant. Because there's and see in codename Veronica, there's a variation called Tyrant Veronica, which is why it's called Codename Veronica. It's a code name of a disease. So yeah, you should totally. You should totally. You should totally try to have intercourse with that disease, Joe. This will not. Is that disease ever named? Is the disease I know it's named in the Will Smith movie. Is it named in the original story? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, because we got something for that now. Get vaccinated. (laughs) No. Hold on. Let me make a terrible joke that you probably thought of. I'm amazed you didn't make this joke. No, no, Chad. Or no, no, Joe. Jenna Jameson is all about shots. I didn't say that. Last man, the last man on earth. If you ever ever watch, you need to first. Yeah, I agree, Joe. You. you need to watch Last. Man. Are you talking about Charlton? <laughs> oh, Yes. Yes. Um. What I was gonna say about Last Man on Earth, though, if you watch Last Man on Earth, if you if you watch Last Man on Earth, I'm still ashamed of that thing. The Last Man on Earth. Um. And and watch it and think. You know what would clear this situation up is if he had guns. Then. Omega Man's your version. I think it was called the gun control virus. (laughs) Oh, Charlton Heston, I apologize. I mean, you're dead. I have, and isn't the one, I mean, the Adonis strain, so just background, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm shaky, but it's an alien disease, extraterrestrial nature,
3: and it adapts. Yes.
1: It's the stuff that you burn to keep food warm. Sterno ovens. Yeah, Joe, now you know you can also drink the liquid and have a little bit of a buzz. Which you know isn't that isn't that kind of I mean the science fiction equivalent of of the reason some people hypothesize sickle cell anemia developed because isn't uh, what's the disease that sickle cell anemia they think um, ev- evolved to stop malaria? Look it up. I, th- I think that was the disease that they, that some some evolutionists think that malaria doesn't function as well in sickle cell anemia impacted people and so it could be um i, I think I, I could be misremembering my history of evolution but i think that's what some people believe
3: but they have to but
1: That I, however, demanded to be treated with saltwater taffy. No, I think it still. I think it still holds up. I'm going to go with one that nobody's going to care about and everybody's going to roll their eyes. So let's go with it. I want to talk about, no, nobody cares about the T-virus. Zombies are done. They're boring. Let's move on. Frankensteins. That's the real one. No. um, <laughs> No, but we need to, we need to write that noise now. Um, I want to talk about, uh, it's from a not very good movie, but the movie was adapted by the author of the short story. And the one thing he added from his short story to the movie is the disease and the disease itself is interesting. It is nicknamed the black shakes. The formal name is nerve attenuation syndrome. And to be honest, it is the only thing that's worth mentioning and remembering from this movie. Um, the, the effects of the disease is that you, you develop a tremor, and then as time goes on, the, the tremor gets worse. No, no, this, this disease isn't, no, no. Um, so it, it progresses, and it progresses depending on how much damage it does to your nerves and your neurons and your brain. And it. Uh, so you eventually start to develop severe headaches. Your nerves start firing needlessly so that you can start to develop pain or not feel pain when you do have it. Uh, Symptoms of ADD, ADHD develop, eventually, signs of schizophrenia, psychosis, sleep paralysis, until eventually your nerves completely misfire and you die. Nerve attenuation syndrome, AKA the black shakes, is from my favorite device to help me get through tests, Richard Calculator. No, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, William Gibson. When he wrote Johnny, I told you it's the only part about this that's interesting. When William Gibson was offered the chance to write the screenplay for Johnny Mnemonic, he, that's because society wants me to talk about Johnny. Mnemonic. No, Johnny Mnemonic is not a Johnny Mnemonic is a, is is uh, so it's very. If you know anything about it, William Gibson co-wrote the screenplay, and he he is known as being very very private. Um not JD Salinger level, but pretty close. He doesn't do a lot of internet stuff. It's funny because he created the term cyberpunk and, you know, all that stuff that we now use all the time. Neuromancer, all that stuff. Which by the way is connected to Johnny mnemonic if you read the trilogy. Anyway, um but he uh he wanted to flesh out the world because he couldn't figure out what would be so valuable that Johnny mnemonic in the film would be carrying. If you read the short story, he he's carrying different stuff, but it's not so vital the movie changes it what he changed was he's carrying the cure for nas nerve attenuation syndrome and people are dying of it by the millions and this pharmacy this pharmaceutical company has figured out the cure but they realize very quickly there's not enough money in the cure there's more money in treating the symptoms so they try to bury it a couple scientists get loose they give the information to giant mnemonic they're killed blah, blah blah that's the plot for the film what I think is really interesting about it is William Gibson said he added it because it added some real emphasis. The The book, itse- or the short story itself, arguably is all about this idea of carrying information in our brains that we can't access. And it's a very, it, like with Walter, William Gibson, it's a very interesting thought piece, uh, cyberpunk, et cetera, et cetera. But he, he knew for the film, it would have to be more. What's really kind of interesting about the film is his comments on it, um, was that when he wrote as a screenplay? The original script was at quoting him a very funny, very illiterate, illiterate I'm sorry, very funny, very alternative piece of work. He they filmed a lot of it that way. It actually showed in Japan that way, and then the studio Sony, which by the way, if you look at the history of the film, it's very important because Sony did their first internet broadcasting, saying the internet would be the wave of future marketing for Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, but anyway, uh, they looked at it and said, American audiences aren't going to like this, and chopped it up, and William Gibson said, and I'm done, and walked away, uh, because they at one point were going to also do Neuromancer, which has been in development hell forever, but but if you know anything about, the, so he added nerve attenuation syndrome, I think it's a very interesting way to address it and make the movie actually, make the information he's carrying, uh, being a courier for relevant because otherwise there's not much of a reason to care whether or not that information survives or not. Um, but the disease itself sounds pretty terrifying that you start with just a tremor. And that's, a, that's the only thing they really show in the American cut of the movie that he has her put her hand up. Look how big my hand is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and see how long she can hold it. And then she eventually develops a tremor and, and he says, you don't have long. Uh, and that's one of the early scenes in the movie that's fleshed out more in the director's cut, but not by much, but it's a terrifying disease. If you think about it as your own, Is it because I'm sh- shiny? You know why? I'm so shiny. See, I'll do Moana. I'll do Moana. You wanna do it? You wanna do it? What could I say? But hey, you're welcome. Yeah. Wait on you, Buttercup. <laughs> you ain't gonna beat. You ain't gonna beat the despair and nerve attenuation syndrome. And what's that disease called? What's the disease called? What's the disease called in that? I forget because I remember. Yeah, there you go. That's what I do. Well, what does it do? Well, what does it do? What what are the symptoms of captivity? How do our listening audience know? No, I just want you to say it so people will know. So, listen. Do they need to stand? Do they stand in the place where you live, now faced west. Well no, but you weren't gonna tell people what it was, and then you're just saying, hey, this plague is in a film. But what if they don't? I mean, what if, M-O-O-N, that spells plague. M-O-O-N, that spells idiot. That's not part machine. It's a chainsaw sound that it's, it is it is a chainsaw sound that's disconcerting <laughs> I uh, figured cuties would come. You know he calls you muttly. and I don't even know what type of life 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 that is. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I'll be honest, I'm going to be honest. Uh, full disclosure, I have not seen this film. So to give me, not our fan, not our fans. This is solely for me because I don't know if they've seen this film either. How does it compare to Special Dead? Okay. Harvey Mudd? Harry Mudd, I screwed that up, Harry Mudd. No, I said. Uh, uh, I said. Uh, I meant to say Harry Mud, Rain Wilson, Harry Mud. Joe hates those deaf brothers. So it's a reverse only disease. Four Star Trek fans just got that, and I am now their God. I am not. <laughs> okay, Joe. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: A misfire. I'm going to I'm going to talk about. It. <laughs> okay, I'm going to actually pick a movie that I've talked about before, and then, so I'm not. I'm going to actually talk about how it ended up being. Am I boring you, Joe? A little tired.
3: Huh?
1: That's pyromania, and somebody needs to call. <laughs> He's a fire starter. Freaky fires um anyway uh, i wanted to talk about this because it, it the movie is driven by a disease but much like the stand it's not really about the disease but i wanted to talk about why he chose why the director and writer chose to do the movie and use the disease as a catalyst and it's because he lived near the ruins of hadrian's wall which is roman fortifications that is between uh england to defend them against scotland's tribe that's the actual history of hadrian's wall However, he actually fantasized about why would we why would anybody in modern times rebuild something like that? why would they build those walls and what he ended up doing was he he had an idea that's what your mother says uh anyway uh i don't know if she said it to me though there were a lot of guys there um <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> that is that is offensive to the visually impaired sir so. um <laughs> but anyway he 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 pictured what would what would it cause that and he finally decided that he would write a story about it and um, he he pictured and so he pictured futuristic soldiers on one side and a man on horseback on the other I'm talking about the Reaper virus, a modern day version of the bubonic plague in Neil Marshall's Doomsday. I love doomsday. it's it's probably it's my favorite Neil Marshall movie. I know you all, yeah, it's my favorite i I don't care if it's his best film. I didn't say it's his best film. I I love Doomsday. It's because of the cast. It's because it's over the top. It's because it's silly and it's just fun to watch. Oh, the, the, the opening narration by Malcolm McDowell sells it for me. That's literally, as soon as I hear that narration, I'm in. And I think that's one of the reasons... No, it's a lot of homages. It's a lot of them. You know, the descent, I like the descent, but it doesn't have the effect on me it has on some people. I think because I'm not claustrophobic. I think if you're claustrophobic, that film. You
3: know,
1: I, oh, I can, uh, the cave, uh, Ega, 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 uh, Ega, sir, that's a cave movie, takes place largely in the cave, where, where does it take place, where does about a third of that movie take place, sir? That wouldn't be in her backyard. Anyway, uh, the 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 thing about the Reaper Violet Rose is it is an update of the bubonic plague, but it was also meant to show shades of gray of what of how England would respond to things and how they would just cast people out. You, are you implying, are you, are you implying that, oh, is that the one that said historically? That's the best one. Yeah, it is. I'm just upset that you're talking about Rona Mitra and not talking about her Tour de force co-starring role in Christopher Lambert's Beowulf. I've got I've got the poster. It's it's if you ever wanted a weirdly kind trying to be cyberpunk, but not really it's okay. Yeah, well, you need to watch, <laughs> you need to watch Beowulf then because the director literally, there's entire shots where Christopher Lambert is in the foreground but he's not in focus. It's her walking away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean John Carpenter illusions and and Yeah. There's a little bit of Romero in there. Yeah. We also went to the theaters in Salt in America. Knowledge bomb. I, I, but, but, I again. When I was thinking about the diseases, like honestly. You know what people are dying from these plagues. yeah yeah it's yeah i couldn't i couldn't i'll be honest i can't i can't yep raper disease Reaper virus No, it doesn't. But i I do think the, I think the reason also that works on me. Well, but I. I think the other reason re, uh, Doomsday works on me though is because of the virus. Because I'm not claustrophobic, but I am a germaphobe, not an extreme one. But I mean, I I do like that's one we were thinking about, and that's why I said this kind of to me leads into the idea of Halloween because I'm not afraid of monsters. Because if they do exist, they're going to rip my head off and there's nothing I can do about it. But the slow demise from disease creeps me out. Uh, And I don't like to shake hands with people. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, no, Chad, we've talked about that several times. matter of fact, uh, my attorney has sent a seventh letter, if you could just read it. what movie oh oh you're talking about uh murder virgin that's uh with it which is now our fifth most viewed thing on the bonehead youtube channel check it out Go do the one you really wanted to do. I've got more left, so we'll see. Yeah, I was gonna do that, but I I agree. I think that Mask of the Red Death, I think that I think the way that disease is described in the in Poe's story is creepy. I mean, the fact that you slowly just begin to bleed from your face, and that's the mask of the red death, is your blood coming through your own skin. And, and yeah, I mean. <laughs> as, a, as opposed to when he's a Sunday school teacher. I <laughs> don't yeah and if if you look at the uh yeah Well Pit in the Pendulum has has that great Oh, are you talking about is it the the premature burial or is or the uh that's not Parasis. He plays men besieged by fate. Oh yeah. I, well, and he tortures Christians. I mean, he's he tortures Christians at the He burns people alive. And if if you've never read the original story, it's very, it's Corman, Corman took a, a short story and had to make it into a film. So obviously the film. But by the way, this is useless trivia. This is useless trivia because I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. Do you know the spelling of Mask of the Red Death being M-A-S-Q-U-E is not original to Poe? He spelled it mask, as in, as in M-A-S-K. It was originally published as The Mask of the Red Death of Fantasy. I, evidently, one of his edir- editors went back after it was originally published and changed it to the Q-U-E spelling to make it, I guess, fancier. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, useless trivia. That being said, the thing about, if you read the story, the story takes place in seven rooms, each decorated in a color. And, and we see that in the film being the seven figures. Um, but if you read the film or read the short story, the way the rooms are described, it would actually be almost impossible, if not completely impossible, to reconstruct them as described. So a lot of people have, have been analyzed, is, you know, is it a dream state? Is it a nightmare escape? Is it whatever? So it's, it's just an interesting short story. But at the end of the short story, when pa- Prospero, because he sees he, he has strict control over who can come into the party, because it's not just his party, it's ran by other noblemen who are escaping the death. And he sees a figure dressed in the costume ball as the Red Death. He goes to confront it. And when he confronts it, he dies, but there's nothing in the costume. There you go. The plague has come. There is no plague in Garbage Pail Kids, Chat. Or if you do, you never comment to say, hey, you missed this, idiots, which is what we want. Just validation. Now, I thought that woman did that in that movie theater. Well, that's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. And when you're right, go ahead, Jay. It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Alabamian fans, I didn't say that. Alabamian. I have one honorable mention that I assumed was gonna come out of your mouth pretty early on, and I'm kind of shocked it didn't. All right, well I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw one out, Joe. What is your only regret? Your only regret, sir, should be not curing your bone My bone-itis. bone is a disease that's in one episode of Futurama. A guy from the 20th century is unfrozen and becomes that guy, and he's insanely successful. He's insanely successful, but eventually he forgets to treat his bone which by the time Futurama is said has been cured. But he's so successful, he gets too busy and regrets or forgets to cure his bonitis, leading him to die, whereupon his last words were, my only regret, my bonitis. I, I thought you'd bring up bonitis as often as you made that joke. Go ahead. Oh no Ponty pole, Ponty No, I that would have been great, Chad. Way to drop the ball. <laughs> yeah. Ponty pole and, and the way that they have to cure the virus because it's a virus that affects the brain, right? So they have Yeah, that, that carry the virus effectively. Yes, yeah, Stephen McCaddy, yeah. i i thought about it um i have i have mixed feelings sometimes about 28 days later um i i like it i like it i think it's a great movie i think some of the reasons i have some misgivings about it is um uh is danny boyle right yeah danny boyle some some of his commentary after he made the film about how he didn't consider it a zombie film and i'm like you profiteered off yeah yeah and, and it's fun they can be, yeah I was gonna say yeah so that's I literally that's one of my misgivings because I love the film um oh Brendan Gleason. His the his part in that, that that scene. Oh it's Bruges. Which you know the only plague that's in in Bruges is that not more people have seen it. I mean that's is a great movie. Yeah. I you know I'm not a huge fan. Body horror? Body horror? I was trying to think of one of the male actors in it, but I couldn't. There you go. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chad, do you have any? Contagion actually had one of the best, uh, The they had tons of advertising campaigns. Well, I was going to say, and Contagion has that, one of their marketing ploys, uh, I'll never forget it was, and it, they actually use medical data about how often, it's something like once every, or at least once every six minutes we touch our own face. And I, I, the, as somebody that's a little bit of a germaphobe, that worked on me because I actually thought, how many times do I touch my face after I touch something else? No, no, no. Well, and also, I mean, the idea of weaponizing diseases. I mean, World War I, there were conversations about that. There was really real big fear of what if they weaponized smallpox? or polio. There's there's a couple examples before then. Um, Mary Shelley, after she wrote Frankenstein, wrote a story, but again, the plague's not really explored, but it's about a disease outbreak that wipes out most of the world. But A, nobody remembers that book. And B, it's it it was so, at the time, considered far-fetched that such a thing could happen. Now we believe it a little bit more because we are more interconnected. And it was far away. Yeah, it was so far away. Like it was, oh, well, that couldn't happen now because we have medicine. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, I've got a couple honorable mentions and one that I wanted to bring up is there's a couple times when plagues and illness drive the storyline. And one that I don't think a lot of people pick up on that I love, I'm a big fan of Blade Runner. And J.F. Sebastian has an illness in that movie. And they call it Methuselah Syndrome. He has something that is causing him to age too rapidly. And I love that character in Blade Runner. Uh, you know the actor that plays him? I can't either. That's why I was hoping you would be. Oh, blah blah blah. But anyway, he, he, JF Sebastian, uh, while Chad checks it out, JF Sebastian is has this disease and he's aging rapidly, and I think it's so fascinating that he's the one, I mean, eventually, spoiler, if you've never seen Blade Runner, you should, Uh, Roy Batty eventually kills him, but he kills him off screen. He kills a lot more people on screen, and I think that's interesting, because J.F. Sebastian, in and of it might as well be a replica. He wants more time than he has, and he has a disease that's making him like they are, and he becomes more sympathetic. He becomes more sympathetic to Priss and to Roy because they realize he is like them. So I think that's an example of a disease that, and he's even, I mean, a secondary, if not tertiary character in the great Blade Runner scheme of things. But I think that's a way, an interesting way to play out a disease in film. Two other ones that I have to mention because I'm a huge Star Trek fan Um, There's one episode of Star Trek that deals with what happened if we get exposed to a disease that starts to unwind our evolution, that starts to put us backwards. And in the episode, it's actually because they don't do proper medical screening and they give a crew member a, a immunization for an illness that he's been exposed to, but they don't check and he's been, he's been given another immunization and it starts what they call the Uh, the protomorphosis syndrome the reason i love this episode is the character they give it to is barclay and if you're a fan of star trek barclay is played by um the guy from 18 and yeah and 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 i love barclay as a character because i think star trek you look at the original series and you look at the next generation until they introduce characters like barclay and Barclay is what I would be in space. He's paranoid. He's out of it half the time. Not out of you know. He's not drugged out or anything, but he's just oh, he's he's neurotic. He's and, and the fact that he's the one that gets exposed to this and causes all that. And at the end of the episode, they say, "Well, technically, usually the first person that's diagnosed with something it's named after them." And he's actually excited because that's oh he'll, he'll be remembered. Uh, so Barclay's protomorphosis syndrome is what they name. Uh, my next one actually is, and it's from—sorry for huge fans of Voyager, but it's from my least favorite Star Trek show. But I think the phage is a fascinating Star Trek disease because if you're—if you've never seen Star Trek uh, and if you like horror stuff, the phage is probably the most horror-related element in any Star Trek show. Uh, maybe the Borg, because the Borg are zombies to me—they take away your personality. Um, but the phage, basically, you, you start to dec- decay. And the only way you can survive is if you basically steal organs from other people. And, and the, so basically this entire um, species, of idiots start having to attack other species just to steal their organs. So I think it's a unique twist on a 24th century you know, um, body-stealing horror. Um, and so I, I, as, as a Star Trek fan, I had to throw out the phage and Barclay's promorphosis disease. There you go. Star Trek reference done. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Grayscale, the grayscale, yeah, yeah, the. the, And if you like it in the show, read it in the books. It's horrifying. Yeah, when it rains, it pours. We've got a lot that are trying to come on, and we're just trying to figure out the logistics thereof. Or, alternatively, if you hate us, she lost. (laughs) Subscribe. And here's hoping you don't get any of these diseases. Or gray skull. If you have one, we're not going to judge. If you don't, and in all fairness, if you if you want to sleep with somebody with gray scale, <laughs> scale Captain Trips, if that's your fetish, just realize the risk that you take and that you herd you, you're risking herd immunity. Vaccinate. Thanks,